Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that can allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over 50 million pounds worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another really exciting episode of Business Growth Secrets today. I've got an amazing guest in Kelly Hoppen, who is an entrepreneur, author, has a CBE and an MBE, is a designer, has written 13 books, and also starred in the BBC's Dragon's Den. Somebody that has really had some major accomplishments um, throughout her life, does lots of great work, and has got a campaign that she's uh, got her CBE for as well, the great campaign. So I'm really looking forward to digging in, finding out um, about Kelly's journey, going all the way back to the start and really getting to know how we've gone on to accomplish so many things, Kelly. So welcome to the show. How are you? You good? Good, thank you. I feel very good because I just had a week off, first week off in a long time. So feel relaxed and ready to go. Relaxed and ready to go. Fabulous. So look, you've obviously had a an ultra successful career and achieved some amazing things. What I love to do, because of as we mentioned earlier, the audience is really business owners aspiring to accomplish things. And I think with all the things that you've accomplished, it really does show anything is possible. But I wanted to kind of go back all the way to the start of your career and talk about how did you get started in business you obviously conquered the design world and much more. And I wanted to kind of really understand where you started from and what were maybe some of the challenges when you were getting started. I mean, I think it's fair to say that, you know, when I look back at my career, which is sort of 45 years, I started at a very early age of 16 and a half. And it just proves that anything's possible. But you can have a dream and you can have a passion. I started my business really young because my father had been killed and I wanted to leave school and defend for myself. And so through something tragic like that, it really gave me this kind of fearless inner feeling that I wanted to accomplish something and not really rely on anyone else. But I'd also always loved interior design from an early age, you know, when kids were going out and doing things with their friends, my mum would say, what do you want to do? And I'd say, look at show flats. You know, I, I knew from a very early age that that's what I wanted to do. So when I had the opportunity to do a kitchen of a friend of a friend very early on at the age of 17, I was just, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I think with all business, if you can just, you know, put your toe into the water and not worry about failing, and do it and accomplish something. It doesn't have to be perfect. My God, that job wasn't perfect. But through that and the, the buzz and the feeling that I got from doing it, I knew that whatever it was that I just did absolutely made me want to do it again. And I think with all business, that passion, that burning passion inside that a lot of people go, you know, it's all hoo-ha. I don't. I think it's real. And I think if you can find something that you really, really love to do, 
you'll probably succeed a lot better because you're very upbeat, you're positive. And part of what I did at an early age, because I'm much older than the people who are probably going to listen to this, is that we had to communicate. And communication can be very scary. Um, you know, now people hide behind laptops and iPhones. And I'm very, very pro people actually picking up a phone or meeting someone because you get more done in those few moments that you communicate with somebody than you do over an email. So I built my business up basically going around talking to people. And I was quite introverted and shy, but I pushed myself. And every time I got that next job and I got that feeling in my belly, it just spurred me on to do more and more. And I suppose being an interior designer, I was also born with the entrepreneur business side of the brain, even though I was very dyslexic. I love the idea of building something and learning from people. And I was very sort of unaware of the fact that my design business became a brand. And I remember reading the first article, it said, this is very Kelly Hoppen. And I thought, that's a much bigger statement than it's just Kelly Hoppen. That means it's now part of a brand. And from that, my brain started going into how do I then create product and create licensing. And so I learned all about Martha Stewart and read up on that. And so my business has really grown. And I would say to your listeners, think of your business like a mind map. You have one solid idea in the middle and it goes off in lots of different tangents. And those can be crossed out. A new one can add to that. And you'd be amazed at how every single thing you do, if your core values and philosophies always are imprinted into the ground as your as your soul, you can grow in every direction as long as it all comes back to whatever it is that you believe in. And the, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I into totally the- know what you mean. And and one thing that I found really fascinating when I was sort of doing a bit of research prior to our conversation is it talks about your philosophy. Um, it talks about your philosophy of in- interior design. That's actually something that I wanted to ask you about is how that came about because, like we said, we had this first job. And I think that you your philosophy then went on to be, I want to create calm, balanced environments. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was interesting that you tuned into that. And and obviously, I know a lot of interior designers. I've helped, to, I've worked with and coached um, interior designers. And I think that not many people actually get that thing where they where they say, this is my thing, and and then drive it home. And that's exactly what you just talked about. So how did that come about? How did you find your philosophy? I think because my parents' home was and my grandparents' home, which is where my love of design came from, which was the complete antithesis of what my design is. But it was more about the feeling that I felt growing up when I used to go to my grandparents' home. There was that kind of calm, that safety, that nurturing, uh, the smell of the coffee and the cedar chest, all of those things that made me happy. Mm. I think I sort of turned that into a feeling which ended up being a look. And then I became obsessed with the East and then East meets West. And I just slowly started finding things that I loved. And when I first started, I couldn't afford to go and get really like expensive fabrics. And I so I would use calicos and linens and all the the base fabrics. And that's how I then decided, oh, I love that. And so my my style kind of was very organic. And I think, again, anything that you do in business should be organic and it should make you feel okay. 
and it just grew. And, you know, when you do your first job and somebody loves it, then you think, oh, okay, that works. You know, it's like the first time often young kids say to me, um, how do you charge the first time? I said, you charge for the value of your time. And then a year later, you put your fees up and it only takes one person to pay that. And yeah. that's for me. <laughs> and that's how you grow, you know. Um, so you've got to value yourself. You've got to understand what your brand is and what you do. Um, uh, but, yeah, I suppose mine just sort of came from a very organic thing that just happened. And I'm really glad it did because we didn't have Pinterest or Instagram. Yeah. I used to have to go out and and use my brain to be inspired. And I did that by travel. And again, I would say to people, take your heads out of your laptops and look out there and go and find things and go to museums or whatever business that you're in, because it's there. We just don't use it enough. So, you know. It's, it was interesting because the, the way you said is you, you kind of had that feeling of your, your parents' home, your grandparents' home, and you knew what you liked and you knew how you felt. And then you kind of knew that you wanted to deliver that feeling to the clients. That's probably what made it very unique. And, and, and then you built upon that, which is absolutely awesome. So as you grew, um, you, you obviously tapped into the fact that you were building a brand. Um, and you started to grow. What, what was it like as you started to grow the business? Why did you start getting into writing books, having written 13 books and, and TV? What kind of steered you in that direction? What kind of happened next? Well, it was interesting. I met a life coach through a friend of mine and uh, I was going to New York for business and I got on really well with him. And he said, I'd love to give you a session. Mm. And I talked to him and I'd said to him, like, you know, I think I've kind of reached my peak. And he looked at me and laughed and said, you never reach your peak. He said, come and meet me in New York. I'll give you a session. And I remember sitting in this incredible corner office in New York, which, again, was like the first experience of that kind of moment in New York, high up, you know, like you see in the movies. And he said, you step down from where you're standing. And I went, what do you mean? He said, step down from where you're standing. I said, I don't understand. He said, because if you did, you'd fall a very long way. I said, what do you mean? He said, you've reached much more than you think. Threshold, yeah. Said, but it, the sky is your limit. Now you've just got to look at where you want your business to go now. Like you can, you never stop. You're always going to grow, but your, your mind has got to be open to all of those possibilities and be conscious in the moment. And I've always held on to that. And the other thing he said to me is, you've grown an extraordinary business, and it's like an umbrella. You're at the top, and then you have all the layers below you. He said, but every single layer below you has to be an umbrella too. They're also striving to get to the top. And that remained in my mind. He said, you have to be a good leader, but everyone has to breathe. If you suffocate people in your company, you can't grow. And that was a huge turning point for me. And he also said to me, the more you share your knowledge, because I would always be going into people's homes and talking, the more your business grew. So I said, well, shall I write a book and tell everybody how to do what I do? He said, great idea. Love it. A week later, Conrad called up and said, we'd like to do a book with you. Boom. Mm. Done. And from that moment on, I've always shared everything that I do for everyone to be able to do. 
And that grew my business because the more you share, the more you give, the more you get back. I love that. And I, I think that's so great. And I love the fact that it came from coaching, especially when you were at a successful point already, because sometimes we can get, you know, it just takes somebody to look at somebody really talented and say, hey, you can do more and give yeah. you that challenge to want to do more and go up, which is, you know, incredible. And and obviously that then that that kind of was the catalyst for the the first book. And how did that impact things? Now you're on a new path and you're building that brand. You obviously went on to do a few TV shows, didn't you? How did the first TV show come up? Because that was around uh, interior design, wasn't it, initially? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm always approached even now to do something and I'm working on a new TV show. But it just, I think with things that come to you in, in your business, you kind of know whether it fits into where you are at this point. The problem with me is I get offered so many things and I want to say yes to everything, but I've got much better at actually sitting down and thinking about it and thinking, how does this work within what my plan is for the next year or two years? And will I enjoy it? And, you know, I don't want to do anything that I don't really enjoy, because I think the more you enjoy it, the better you are at it. And therefore, it's better digested by the people that you work with. So a lot of things started coming to me. Um, and then obviously, Dragon's Den later on came to me, and I was petrified. I mean, I was like, there's no way I'm dyslexic. I can't add up in my head. How am I going to do <laughs> this? You know, it's, it's, it's not live TV. And right up until the very last minute of about to go and film, I was like freaking out, thinking I can't do this. But it was so brilliant. Um, and I would still be doing it if it didn't take up so much time, because it did. The more you invested in people, the more it took me away from my core business and everything else. But I still watch it avidly in Shark, Shark Tank. You know, I think it, for a lot of people out there in business, Shark Tank and Dragonstone is a great thing to watch to learn because you will learn a lot from it. But I'm somebody that loves challenges. I don't like to do the same thing all the time. I like I often love things coming in left wing, right wing, you know, from all sides. And then you find that kind of, I don't know, that balance, if you like, in your life, which what that works for you with work and at the same time that you have time off because you need both. Everything's a balance in life. And then obviously building the brand with licensing and product, that was a whole new world. But I just want to say to your listeners, not everything went right, you know, so oh, don't yeah. <laughs> angel, whatever. I've mm. had lots of failures in my career, but the one thing that I've learned an entrepreneur has intrinsically in them, and you'll know this, if it doesn't work, move on to the next you've always got something else you can move on to don't waste time die you know dissecting it and getting upset about it it just didn't work yeah absolutely and it happens doesn't it and it's like yeah. you like like exactly like you said you know you know people go through ups and downs and actually people that succeed the most they usually have the most kind of failures but they're the things that don't really get looked at you know and it's really interesting so with, with dragon's den i think it's a really topical thing especially for the listeners what did you do with some of the businesses you invested in what did you see did you see some typical mistakes or did you see some typical things that you thought hey you know they just need to tweak this they just need to do this differently were there some things that you saw commonly that could transpire to the audience where they could maybe change some of the things that they were doing i mean you know first of all the contacts that we have as dragons are numerous yeah the years probably 
that, in, that we have done business are numerous. But the key thing that I found, and I invested in people that were passionate about something. If you take, for example, Skinny Town, which was one mm. of the top most successful investments in, in Dragon's Den, they bounced on, you know, the stage. They had, I like the two mums um, from Australia. They had a product that I would use myself because I'm fair skinned. It was a fake tan that was organic and they called it Skinny Tan. Mm. It's, you know, great. Right. Mm. But they had no idea how to grow the business. You know, for me, I redid the packaging for them. Had they not come onto Dragon's Den, they would have been fairly successful. They would have chugged along. But when you have a fresh pair of eyes on something, which is a really important thing, you look at it from every different angle and you bring your expertise. And, you know, there's that forum of talking. If you have something that you want to sell, you need to know your competitors. But the most important thing that I invested in was drive people that really wanted it. Because today there is so much out there. There is so much competition. You have to stand out in a crowd. Um, and I suppose the bit that I loved about Dragon's Den was finding that. Um, you know, there was a young boy that I invested called Reviver Phone. And at the time, there wasn't something where you could fix a phone that had dropped in water. And there was this young guy, Oliver, who was just so young and so sweet. And I just knew the minute he walked in, you're mine, you know, and Peter Jones. <laughs> and, and we had a great time together, but he was always listening. He was always like eager to learn something. I learn something new every single day still in my business and my world that I'm involved in. And I think that's a good thing. So, you mm -hmm. you know, you've got to be open to suggestion, newness. And most importantly, with the world changing so yeah. rapidly, you've got to see what's happening. You've got to watch the news. You've got to adapt and see how. You can move like, you know, think of your business as a river. It's constantly going to take different bends and bumps, and whatever, because if you are too focused on one way of doing something, you'll crash and burn. I love that. I love the analogy of think of your business as a river. You know, we often say how you change is how you succeed, because it, it, it when businesses get stuck, usually it's because they've had some success and they just don't want to change to get their next, you know, next corner on the river, you know, because they yeah. change things up in order to sort of grow and succeed, you know, for sure. So, yeah, amazing. So we had a great experience on, on Dragon's Den. Where, where are you now? What's been happening now, Kelly? What is your, you know, the, the future look like for you? Where are you? Where are you going on your river? <laughs> we've got a lot of amazing projects all over the world. I've just come back from Miami where we've got several projects. Just working on gr with great people that really want you to design their home. So when you've got that marriage, it's, it's a mutual feeling. And so there's a kind of joy attached to it. On top of that, we've got lots of new product coming out this year. And we've gone into different territories to work because... Again, I was watching the news and adapting my business. So, you know, we've kind of maneuvered things a bit. So we're working in new countries, um, working on a TV thing. I'm loving doing my work on this morning where I kind of go into people's homes and within two minutes can tell them how to change it. We've got some exciting things I can't talk about yet, which are kind of involved with that. But there's just lots of fun things, but it's all creative. And, you yeah. know, I'm the businesswoman but it's the creative side that i love 
And I've just got the best team. You know, I nurture the people that work here and looked after them through COVID because we never shut. Um, and there's just a good feeling out there now. You know, there's a positive, I think, post-COVID that's much, much stronger than I've ever felt before in the workspace. So that's a nice thing. I thought that, you know, what you said about the creative side, I think that's really, really clear is that, you know, your success has come through creativity, isn't it? You know, and when you talk about being dyslexic and you talk about those those challenges, I think actually for entrepreneurs to succeed, that creativity is a big thing as a leader um, and to go out there and, and make that happen, which is great. And I met one of the team as well. What would you say on team building? I'd love to hear your uh, you just mentioned about having a great team and having great support. What are the critical elements for a business owner to really zone in on when building a team? And has that been something that you've been good at? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm very, first of all, you should say hello to every single person in your company every day when you walk through the door. And, you know, that's a lot of people here. But you go and you talk to them and we do lunches here. And, you know, what I say that my, I call them my children, you know, they're all friends <laughs> up. That yeah. show got a good team of people. Um, and they need to be happy. They need to be appreciated. You know, they need to know the standards that we expect here for our clients. But they all want to please me as well. I want to please my clients, but my team want to please me as much as they do the clients. But I think it's communication and and having that openness to be able to talk about everything. Um, listen, you know. You can't run a business and not listen and, and hear what people have to say. Um, you know, my creative director is a young guy who came and worked for me 15 years ago, walked up to me at Grand Designs and came in as literally a junior. And he's now creative director. I like people to grow in a business, but I love to see how he thinks of all of the stuff that we can do in the company, things that I might not have thought of because I'm older and he's younger or vice versa. You know, I think you can learn from each other every single day. But the key factor is communicate, be kind, listen, and have all the channels open and support for people because post-COVID, a lot of people need that now. So I think it's an awareness that maybe wasn't there before for a lot of people. And you mentioned standards there, and I love everything that you just said was brilliant and some really good practical tips there that people can use. But you talked about standards. You've dealt with and looked after some seriously high-profile clients. I, mean, I read that you did Victoria and David Beckham's house, for example, and you've got very high standards in terms of the, the work you're doing. How do you communicate the standards to, to the team, and how do you make sure that they kind of live up to that? Because that must be a challenge, right, when you're dealing with super high-profile people? And yeah, I mean, I suppose so. I haven't really thought about it. It's just a given here. Like, mm. I suppose the people that I have employed here are very like me in a way. So I think maybe you mirror image. You know, I, I feel like my company – attracts a certain type of person. And when I say that, I mean, we are the most diverse company. I've got people from all over the world working here, but they can see the standard of project that we produce down to the flower in the vase and what color it is to the way the drawings are done. So I think it's a common anomaly that we just know that's how we produce it that's how we install it and by the way we do it on time within budget it's kind of those are the rules that's the tick list like if you 
book a holiday, what do you need? You want sea view, you want a white beach, you want sea, you want cocktail. You know, it's like these are our tick lists. And in a business, if you've got your box, what your values are, what you produce, what you provide and what you deliver, you can add to those things because you're always going to be learning from other people. But those that that's your basics, you know, to drive a car, you need petrol. You know, we know what we need to put in to make it work. And I, I think that is the basics. That's kind of what I wanted to that where we were going, because I think it's really important that you have those. Ba- a lot of business owners don't have that. So they they struggle to get their team. You know, they feel like they're the top person and their ideas are not getting followed through. But it's really interesting. You said we got our basics. We know what we're going to do. We've got our values. We follow it through. And I think that's awesome. So, you know, a lot a lot to learn there for business owners. And and of course, I think we, you know, we, we've been brilliant conversation so far. I think we should mention the great campaign and and the work that you've done there and i know that you've you've got a C- cbe correct for for the work there yeah <laughs> so why don't we mention how did that come about and what what's that been and how did you manage to fit that in <laughs> well the, you know the great campaign is not it's not a political um campaign but it's part of government and they approached me i mean it's got to be 12 years ago um to get involved in it And I love the whole concept of saying Britain is great. You know, I'm British. I love Great Britain and it is great. And how can we support business, small and large, export, import around the world and and pass that message? I was at Downing Street last week with Rishi and a whole load of people. and We were sat there talking about the great campaign. And it was really interesting that Rishi turned around to me and said, you know, when this all started, obviously under another prime minister, it was a brand, if you like, that we tried to create for Great Britain. But I didn't really think about it like that. And in those days, we would go to companies to say, you know, can we be a part of, you know, put our logo on to support, you know, creativity, science, medicine, sport. You know, you see them in the Big air, in the airports, you know, the big campaign, Britain is great, science is great, create, creativity is great, business is great. Today, people come to the great campaign and ask to be involved in it. So we've created a brand that is great for Great Britain. And we want to strive more. We want to support young, youthful business. Um, and I think it's it's just grown in the right way. And it's now really, really strong. And I think it's really imperative that as the world gets bigger, if you like, and more dissipated, that we bring it all together. And as a campaign, it's been very successful. And we've got some amazing things lined up for the next year. Um, And because I've exported a huge amount from Great Britain. So when I would export a home, say, to China or America, I would use as much British as I could. I'm exporting millions of pounds worth of business to other countries. So it's about talking about that. But now it's more inward about Great Britain itself and how we can support that. Brilliant. And and how can people find out more about that? Or is there any way people could support that campaign in any way? Is there, does I mean, that... it's on Instagram and it's got a web page and absolutely, you know, take a look at it. That and one of the other great businesses uh, or charities that I've been involved in is, is King Charles's, the Prince's Trust. So I've also been involved in that. So for, for small businesses or people that are really struggling, there's another great charity there where you know, if you are the right person 
to be helped, they, they do help you. Brilliant. Awesome. So look, um, I'd love the conversation. You know, last question. We're on Business Grow Secrets podcast. What would you say if you were taking a business owner starting out? What is the secret or in your mind or some of the secret uh, formula to creating success? I think you've given some of that away as we've been talking, but I'd love for you to, if you could pinpoint two or three things that could really help someone building a company, what would those two or three things be? I think the basic one is to believe in what you're doing and be passionate about it. And but also to be honest enough that if it doesn't work, you move on to something else. But believe in yourself because no one will believe in you unless you can. I would say the other thing is authenticity. Be really authentic about the business that you create and who you are and the team that you are. And I would say the third thing to add on to everything that I've said is, you know, the the world is your is there for you like there are no restrictions so don't go into a business fearing you're going to fail or that you can't get to where you want to go go into a business with a positive mind knowing that you are going to be able to succeed and with those small thought processes it really helps the the whole process of being able to open up whatever it is that you need Brilliant. Well, look, thank you very much, uh, Kelly, for coming on Business Growth Secrets. It's been amazing. I've loved the uh, conversation. Where can people go and get in touch with you? Do you have an Instagram profile? If people want to- Instagram and we've got a website and we're starting a newsletter soon. So they can sign up um, on, I think it's Linktree. And yeah, so it's all there. At Kelly Hoppen, yeah? <laughs> At Kelly Hoppen, is that the best place? Yeah. 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 Perfect. Well, look, thank you ever so much for coming on. I love the business tips. Congratulations on all your success. And uh, I've really enjoyed chatting chatting with you. It's brilliant. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Adam here. And I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is, perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.